Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the BMW Blog Podcast. This is episode 70, and today we have a special guest. He's the M Chapter President of the BMW Car Club of America, Esteban Valentin. Welcome. Thank you, James. Thank you, Horatio. Happy to be here with you guys. We're happy to have you. Uh, Horatio, how are you? Good. What about you, James? I'm not bad at all. It's, uh, it's nice weather in Washington we're having uh, this weekend, so I'm excited. I detailed the car yesterday, took it on a little drive. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. I think this is more of an M type of podcast today, so the two of you should hit it off probably quite well. <laughs> oh, says the one, says the person with the one M. Yeah, actually, no, you're not speaking gonna... of that, I did drive the one M yesterday after about three months of not driving the car, so uh, it felt quite good actually. So I need to drive that car a lot more. Well, yeah, if you need someone to someone drive it, just send the word forward. I'll take care yeah, of that. Yeah, that's what everybody says, but that's the point. I don't really want to drive it too much. <laughs> <laughs> But no, if I were to live in Florida or probably Seattle or maybe the West Coast, I will drive it a lot more. I feel like every time I take it out in Chicago, and I've said that before, it's just not a fun experience. It's either way too much traffic, you know, bumper to bumper, stop and go, or there's just not any really good roads. I mean, you can go out of Illinois a little bit, maybe into um, Wisconsin or maybe Indiana, and you can get some decent roads, but nothing like you have, you know, on the West Coast and even Florida. Maybe I mean, Florida is flat, but at least it's nice. So Yeah, the weather always typically cooperate so taking them out for a spin like that is always good yeah all right so let me jump in and I'll let uh, James you know uh, ask some of the questions but um, basically you're an M guy I mean your title says it all um, you and I have known each other for quite some time you've had some really special cars you even wrote an article for us and we're going to leave that in the description to if people want to read that about your you know history with the BMW brand and especially with M cars and you have a interesting collection that we will talk about so uh, i definitely encourage all of you that listen or watch to stay till the end and without any further ado tell me about your love for bmw how it started and uh, then we can jump from there so i get that question a lot and um it's a uh, it's a bit complex because it, it started at a, at a specific timeline but i think it was always there i just didn't know it all together right um I've always been kind of like a Honda guy. A lot of the BMW guys that I know had a, like a background in Hondas. And back when I was, because I grew up in Puerto Rico, I was born in Massachusetts, but I moved to Puerto Rico when I was seven. So back in Puerto Rico, everything I had were Hondas. But I always remember seeing those E46 M3s and seeing the E30 M3s, and they always caught my attention. Now, the car that really came out and you know, hit kind of the mark for me was the actual, the 1M that, that you have. When I saw that car come out, it was a game changer. And I really wanted one, but that was right when I had moved over to Florida, because I moved to Florida back in 2013, and I, I believe that was a single model year, 2013 model. So it was and 11, I think. It came out it was in 11. 11, maybe 2012 came to the U.S., but I think 11 when it was announced or launched, yes, something like so, that, yeah. It was right about the time that I was coming over here, and I, I couldn't make that commitment because I was just moving over, still had a house in Puerto Rico, was setting up a, a house over here instead of an office in Florida. So it wasn't really a good time. So fast forward to um, Daytona Rolex 2016. Um, they come out with the M2, and they have the M2 sitting at the... BMW Classics display that they always bring out and they always bring out some of the new models and I see it in Long Beach Blue and then at that point it kind of hit me again I said wow this is kind of like the 1M small chassis you know high output engine and I just started obsessing about the car and then the more I read about it 
the more difficult I, I understood that it was to get your hands on one because you had to go through the allocations, not like you just walk onto the dealer and get one that they were going to be sitting there. And that just made me want it even more. So at that point, I started hunting, and, and still I was on the fence. Do I go and get a 1M or do I get a brand new M2? Because at that point, the 1M has held its, its value so well and it's been going up that they were basically the same cost. So I was sitting there like, do I get an older one or do I get a brand new one with warranty? It was my first BMW, so also, you know, you have the concerns that always people say, you know, if you get one used and it's not well maintained, it's gonna be expensive to, to, keep, to upkeep them. So ultimately I went with the M2 and I put in a, a couple of uh, deposits at a couple of dealers to get an allocation and I was able to land one here in Florida, and it was a, one of the earlier ones that came in. I think I took delivery of that one in September 2016. It was a 2017 model uh, at that point, and I wanted to do the European delivery, but I didn't have time to go to, to do that type of extensive uh, travel at that point, so I did a performance center delivery. And at that point, once I got the card at the performance center and did the whole driving exercises with them, I, I completely fell in love with the brand. And that kind of, it just unchained, uh, uh, it was a, a snowball effect from that point on. Um, I had still a couple of my older old school Hondas, because I've always been a Honda guy, but old school ones. I'm not like a new, the, the new generation, I haven't mm -hmm. liked them. And I had like four CRXs at the same time, which was my, my one of my favorite Hondas. And I slowly started selling them all. And then I kept the M2 and a 91 CRX that I had restored, but it had no AC. And I already sunk in like $5,000 into this car. You know, I'm like, I don't want to drop $1,000 more on, on AC. And I was doing that as a daily while the M2 was a weekend fun car. And then I got one of those really bad days in, in, in Florida with tons of rain. Like today, I was telling James earlier that it's raining, you can't see past 10, you know, 10 feet in front of you. And I, my whole car was fogged up, and at that point I said, you know what, I'm done with this. Put it up for sale. Next day I, I found the 2011 135i. It was one of those um, transition models, so it was a pre-LCI, but it had the N55 already in it. Mm -hmm. uh, black sapphire metallic, red interior, like 40,000 miles, one owner uh, car, always in Florida. So I, I called the dealer and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to go up there tomorrow. And if it looks like it looks in pictures, I'm, I'm going to bring it back home. And it was like a two-hour drive. And I went there. He's like, well, it has a recall of the airbag. I can't sell it to you. I said, well, it's 8 a.m. I'll be there like at 5. You have all day to do it. And he was like, okay, this guy is serious. So I ended up going up there and brought the car back that same day. So at that point, I'm already committed to the brand. I got two of them. I sold all my Hondas. And again, I, I thought it was going to stop there, but it just it just continued. Yeah. So before you go on with the um, other collection, because you start, you're starting to build up from there, um, just to jump back on the European delivery, honestly, that's really the one unique experience that BMW has done really well for uh, for their customers. And, you know, it's, it's sad that they had to cancel that probably because of COVID. Hopefully it's coming back. But I can tell from my experience I've done – uh, three European deliveries with my own cars and then I did kind of like a fake one to write a story with BMW's car so I still went there to pick it up and, and redo the whole thing but honestly it's the best experience to buy your own car aside from the fact that you can drive it in Europe you know it's your own car and you can drive it and you can break it in there and all of that 
it's just fun overall and then the the excitement to you know to wait for the car to get here and the tracking process it's you know uh, ocd a little bit but um hopefully it comes back but if it does come back i I strongly encourage you or recommend you to do the european delivery you you will fall in love with the brand even more because uh, it's quite unique to go to the veil to pick it up a lot of people have done it you have this special delivery area you come down the stairs from a lounge and then you see your car on the you know round uh, turntable and you know you get to learn the car on the spot with an expert then you drive off and honestly it's really amazing so um uh too bad you couldn't do the m2 that would have been a lot of fun to take it to the nurburing maybe and um have some fun absolutely yeah and like i said yeah. it's um it's a really great experience, and I'm I, I'm happy I was able to do it with um, a car that I bought afterwards. Um, the oh, two so you actually I, done it? Yes, I did it. Oh, you did? Okay, so, so which I, which car did you do it with? The M2 Pump. So the I started ah, my okay. my whole fun with the brand started with the M2 mm-hmm. and the 135, but those two cars I no longer own them. I sold gotcha. um, the 135. I sold it last year in December on Bring a Trailer because I was trying to make space for another car that came in. And the M2, I went into the brand and I'm, I'm again, because I was like a Honda guy, my thing was the forums. So I, I started getting on, on some of the um, online forums for the BMW. Sure. And I was since I was one of the early adopters of the, of the F87, I was always right in the beginning of it. And I started modding it. I was lying to myself. I, I said I was going to just do suspension and mm-hmm. maybe um, uh, a couple of small mods, and then the, the car ended up being full dining car. And w- at that point, I said, yeah. So uh, the I, I traded that one in uh, as soon as the M2 competition was announced. So again, I was on the forums. You know that in the line of work that you guys do, you know that there's always leaks. So yeah, yeah. they started talking about the potential of putting in an S55 in it. I said, well, at that point, I'm going to have to jump over because yeah. I know that the tuna cable is an S55 and much more superior than the N55. Mm-hmm. So I went to the dealer and, and started talking to them, and they had no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's coming. Here's a deposit. I want the first one. And they're like, but they haven't even announced. I said, trust me, it's coming. Just put me on a list as soon as you get on a location. And they were great. I mean, my local dealer, I have a great relationship with them. We've done auto shows together, and I help them organize, you know, uh, events every now and then. So as soon as the first allocation came in, they gave me a call and said, it's yours. And I, I traded in my M2 for it. And I actually ended up getting a great deal because they, they bought it for a really good price. And I ended up almost with like $6,000, $7,000 in my pocket to put onto the M2C. Nice. And at that point, I did the European delivery. And All right, so I, tell me about that one. So tell me how you know what you, what was your experience? I'm yeah, I'm, I'm extremely jealous. Just so everybody knows, because I didn't get a chance to do that, and then now it's gone. So I'm hoping that I will either a live vicariously through your guys' stories, or b BMW will bring it back, and then maybe who knows, GADCS maybe I don't know, but you know, but walk I'm us actually, through. I'm, I'm hoping that they actually bring it back, and and. I've been talking to a couple of uh, BMW NA guys. Uh, Horatio knows that I, I work a lot with Tom and with Alex from BMW NA. And we've been trying to see if we can do something special with the BMW CCA members also. So if they can't do it with everyone, at least do it with CCA members. But I really hope they bring it back because, like like you said, Horatio, it's a, it's a whole different experience, right? For me, 
building that car and going to Europe to get it, it was it was a game changer because at that point I already, like you said, I, I really like the brand, but it gets completely at another level. When you travel and basically have a vacation paid by BMW, because honestly, mm-hmm. I got a 5% uh, discount off of MSRP. Mm-hmm. And that same amount of money that I, I'd saved on the car paid for travel, for hotels, mm-hmm. and for basically a, a expense paid uh, trip of 10 days in Europe. So that was nice. that was amazing. Uh, let's let's provide a little bit of context though to like the listeners and viewers because it's not like baller status like five percent off msrp you weren't like staying at the ritz carlton right like while correct yeah no so really it's it's a trip that i scheduled just to drive some of the best roads that i can find right Mm -hmm. yes Um, let me jump in before you go for this so give even more context um because i've I've, initially covered quite a bit of european delivery I mean, back in the day, the discount was like 10 to 12%. And the reason why the dealers were giving that percent, uh, that percentage off at that time was because it was not coming out of their allocation. So the European delivery allocation was entirely separate. So basically, to them, was just an extra car that they sold, but it wouldn't come out of their allocation. So they didn't have to really uh, you know, discount the car that they want to make money on. So that's why they were giving deals back in the day. 10, 12% off, which was incredible. Then, of course, it got lower and lower. But it was also fairly easy for dealers to set it up. It was just I mean, normal paperwork. Usually, guys that would buy a European delivery card, they knew exactly what they wanted. So uh, there wasn't really a lot of micromanaging uh, the customer. But basically, yeah, like you said, it just pays off for your vacation. You know, uh, And also early days, I mean, I think they, they phased that out. But back in the day, you used to buy, uh, you used to be able to buy a, uh, a uh, economy ticket on Lufthansa and they will give you a second one for free. Wow. So basically wow. back in the day, yeah, you could buy one, you can bring someone with you. Also the uh, insurance uh, or the, whatever they call the, the green card um, for uh, to, to uh, be insured in Europe while you're driving your car it used to be 30 days back in the day. So there were some really amazing benefits back then. And um, I mean, even after that, they were still good, but Five percent. Yeah, it's still good enough to pay for a few nice hotels, basically. Definitely. Yeah, and I and actually I ended up flying to Paris, spent about five days there, and then nice. flew from Paris to um, Germany, pick up the car. But I designed the whole trip just really to to hit you know really good roads, and I'm as long as I have a place to crash, get some sleep, and a and a nice shower and a meal, I'm good with it. So yeah, it was. Mostly like uh, like a couple of hostels, just staying like a mom and pop kind of type of hotels, which is great because the experience in Europe was, you would get in, they would treat you like like kings over there. It's it's crazy the 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 hospitality that I saw in some of the mm-hmm. the regions in Europe that I went to see, but I actually mm-hmm. ended up picking up the car at the at the well. The experience there is just like you said, it's amazing. You they they walk you down. You see the car on the turn at the turn table, and basically it, all the lights spotted on it. it. It's it's incredible, and for me it was a scary uh, situation because I had ordered my car Long Beach Blue, the same that I had my M2. But after you, I saw a bunch of videos. I think you guys were part of the crew that was driving them at, at Ascari when it got um, launched, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was able to see the video of the Hockenheim Silver. And I saw kind of the sparkle on the color, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it. And I switched it, and I did not see that color until I saw the car in person at the Welt. So I was yeah. freaking out because I love the blue a lot, and I was like, do I play it safe and keep with something I like, or do I just go crazy and do the the color that I haven't even seen? And I'm glad I did it because it was a refreshing change. Um, 
but then they walk you through the whole process and they show you how you know the car works you get in and you see the odometer with only two miles and you know it's brand spanking you that thing hasn't <laughs> even moved right so um was able to get out i drove about a thousand miles that car over in europe i did um forca pass i did stelvio pass nice and they're just roads that I, I would have probably dreamed only of, of driving. And being there and pushing that car, you know, on those roads, it's just another level. You know, for someone that's a gearhead, it is a, a bucket list kind of thing. Did you go to the Nürburgring or no? I didn't because I think Nürburgring is uh, northwest of yeah. the, mm -hmm. well, and because I hadn't done braking, I wasn't going to have the braking done. I was really I concerned about getting on the track and not being able yeah. to control myself and want to push it because I do uh, track the cars and being on the Nürburgring and not being able to push it was going to be, okay. it was going to be painful. I hear you, I hear But I, I did enjoy, I mean, Stelvio Pass to me was, was amazing. And just the, um, the experience of being on the, on that road, like I said, I've only seen, I had only seen it in, in videos online and maybe pictures. Mm -hmm. I never, thought that I was going to be driving it. And that was to me probably one of the, the best experiences that I had driving that car on those roads. Yeah, that's quite unique. And especially that's a fantastic drive from Munich to get up there for sure. Yep. Um, I did a video on that one I put on YouTube super nice because it starts down I went in October. So I was trying to time it to mm -hmm. make sure it wasn't on the transition to the um, winter tires. Mm, it's November, and I think. So we pulled my, I was able to talk to them and pull my delivery date a whole week forward so it wouldn't fall on those dates. Mm -hmm. And I did it, but as you start going up the mountain, there's nothing, no snow. And then when you get to the top of the mountain, it's all covered in snow. So that was an amazing view also, <laughs> being, seeing that yeah. transition. So again, it was probably, to this point, it's been the best vacation that I've done in my life. Nice. So here's a tip. If BMW uh, USA sets you up for a new European delivery in the future with the members, you should, um, you should ask them to set up a tour um, uh, under the veld. So they basically have this delivery setup area basically where you get to see how the car is being prepped, you know, and then you can see them being put into the elevator and, you know, going upstairs. So that's another interesting uh, experience there because, you know, you've done the whole uh, turntable and all of that, but to kind of see the car being prepped down there, that's that's quite interesting. Also, they have a I'll keep whole that in mind, definitely. Yeah, so, so that's, that's quite. So you get cool. to see how they prep your car before it comes up on exactly. the turntable. Okay. Yeah, nice. but very cool. They usually reserve that for for journalists. So if you request it, they will try to accommodate you. Um, they let me do it with the one M basically, and um, they were even brave enough to let me uh, put a car into the elevator, and then just bring <laughs> the car up there, that's and then amazing. just drive it off the elevator. But that was way before social media was a thing, or. Um, <laughs> Instagram and TikTok, because I would have definitely uh, filmed that and shared it. It was a quite unique experience. But Did, um, did you yeah, still act cool. uh, surprised when you went back upstairs and it, <laughs> it came up on the turntable? Were you still... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at that point, that was my third car. So so oh, I've okay. done that before. So it wasn't... It. I guess the, the last experience that I had was with the F... Um, might have been the M3. 3CS maybe or M4CS I think they gave me that time it might have been one of the two and they changed the experience from the previous one too so I did 2011 the last one and then I took um, hiatus and basically the next one was maybe trying to think maybe late uh, I'm trying to uh, maybe four or five years later yeah maybe 
And um, they changed the experience too because now they had this area set up where you can actually uh, learn about the car through some digitalization. They have this, you know, large touch screens and they show the car there and uh, it's kind of like a virtual reality kind of thing, you know, which they didn't have it before. So that was quite interesting actually to see that there. So um, that's, that was the reason why I did that story back then. So it's, it, it's always changing and evolving, I guess. And that was the nice part about European delivery because my first one actually started in a place called uh, Fryman or Fryman. And it was a totally different delivery area. It was not set up for like a customer experience. You would really just go there, pick up your car, learn a bit and just drive off basically. And, um, that was my first one, and then when they changed to the Velt, completely different, and then they just got better and better. But yeah, absolutely, I, I'm, I truly hope that they will come back because for the Americans it was a good deal. Like you said, we're not paying anything. Actually, we get discounts, or we used to get discounts, probably not anymore. But uh, Europeans usually um, they do uh, that delivery at the Velt. They have to pay for it. So back in the day, the Europeans used to pay 500 or a thousand euros to pick up the car there, and they would still do it because it was worth the experience to actually pay for it. When for us, it was free. So, Honestly, um, if they if they brought it back paying, it's something I would pay for. Same. Yeah, I mean, five hundred euros. It's absolutely pe- worth people it. People maybe that don't that haven't done it, they wouldn't. You know, they would be like, yeah, but I gotta pay. Yeah, but they have no idea of the the experience that you get out of that. It's it's worth paying money for it. Uh, honestly. Yeah. Cool. I mean, how often do people buy cars? Right. I mean, it's not you're going. You're not going grocery shopping. You're buying a car. Yep. So yeah, I would totally pay for it as well. I'm with you. Especially, yeah, I mean, if you're in, you know, you're getting a, a, a new M car, they're not cheap, you know that. So what's what's adding a couple more bucks in there to just have that experience? Honestly, I think people would definitely pay for it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so what's the next uh, step in your journey with, uh, so then you so went when, into classics, right? A yeah, bit? so I went into the M2 comp. Um, at that point, I still had my 135, um, only had two, two BMWs at that point. So... I had only two. Yeah, only two because, like I said, it was like a snowball effect. So I did the European delivery and I also did the re delivery at the Performance Center. At this point, I'm doing the the deliveries up in Performance Center also because uh, the official paint protector of the Performance Center is a really close friend. I I met him through my first M2. He's um, Doug Payne from Extreme Colors. So all the cars that you see at the Performance Center that say the stickers and have all the expel, he's the one that does it with his shop. And he's nice. done all my work on my BMWs. So with the M2, that's how I met him. Ended up probably sending him like 40, 50 um, customers after that. And he's like, he hadn't met me. And he, he called me, he said, you're sending me all these customers. You know, we, we became really good friends after that. So when I did meet my M2 comp delivery, he actually ended up sending me a, a Expel track wrap roll because I was so, you know, caught up with the excitement of the car that I didn't even think, you know, I'm going to drive it over there for a thousand miles. I'm going to beat it up over there. So he sent me a roll of track wrap and I'm in front of the well um, trying to wrap the front end before my trip. And then, you know me, I, I, I can be talking about cars all day long. Um, and uh, everyone that came out would stop and ask me what I was doing. And uh, it took me like two or three hours just to wrap up the front end for that trip and i'm like yeah i gotta get going because i had a time like a like a timeline that i need to meet so long story short it was protected overseas and it came back with that um track wrap on it and it got directly delivered to the performance center and got prepped there just to make sure that i can get it to doug so he can take care of it um of wrapping the front end uh, on that one because uh, like i said i do track them I, I take my cars on the track and i I drive them hard, so I want to make sure that they look good years after. 
So I dropped it off at his shop and I, I made kind of like two, three day vacation while I was up there in South Carolina. And I'm driving around in my my rental car and we, we catch with a corner of my eye, an uh, E46 M3 and the car yellow. It, and it's an individual car and we turned around, went over, take a look at it. And it's, it's, it's like this warehouse that had just a couple cars outside. And I'm start looking at them and I'm getting ready to get in my car and leave. And out comes this gentleman and says, can I help you? And I said, no, I'm just looking, you know, saw the M3 and just taking a look at it. He said, you like BMW? I said, yeah, I, I do. He said, come on in so you can see what I have inside. And uh -oh. he walks me into this warehouse. He probably has like 80 BMWs in it. Jeez. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I getting into? Um, good friend also, again, I, I, I'm the type of guy that if I meet you and we connect, we're going to be friends for, for life at that point. So I, I met George uh, from Road Trip Carolinas. Um, walk in, and one of the first cars that I see is a 1974, 2002, in the Grand Rod Red. And I immediately look at it, I'm like, oh my God, this is, you know, this is the type of car that I need because I'm, I'm an old school guy also with the Hondas. I said, I got all, rid of all my old school Hondas. I got the new BMWs. Now I need something old to kind of balance it out. And I start talking to him about the car. He tells me everything. He's like, yeah, you can get in there and drive it down to Florida. It's that good mechanically right now. And I'm like, yeah, but I just got delivery of a brand new M2 Comp. I, I, and I have a bunch of mods already um, lined up for the M2 Comp because, again, for the M2, I, I was lying to myself saying I was just going to lower it. With the M2 Comp, I was already committed. I had talked to a bunch of companies, already had exhaust set up for it, a, a bunch of parts coming in. So I said, I, I can't justify buying another car right now so that was i think in december 2018 yeah because the m2 is a, a m2c is a 2019 model mm -hmm. um i think only two or three months went by i had a couple friends in california that owned 2002s and they said look it's about to hit 50 years that model it's going to start going up in price and if you're going to get on one you got to get on it now and i'm glad i listened to them because it's probably double the triple in the price that i bought it for wow. but year after march i call uh george and i say hey george you still have that 2002 he says yep it's right here waiting for you buddy we're just we're just <laughs> waiting for you to come get it and i said you know what I'm going to talk to my friend Doug because Doug is pretty close to his shop and, and they actually knew each other. So I actually had my friend Doug go over, take a look at it, drive it because when I saw it the first time I didn't drive it. So I had him take first spin and he said, look, the car's solid, it's great, it looks good, it's driver. And I, I get on the phone with George and I said, George, let's, let's work on our price. And we, we settled the owner price, wired him the money, and like three months later I had the car in Florida. So at that point I got three, and and I love that car. I mean the 2002, honestly, if if I could sell any of the cars that I have except that one, that's the only one that I would not sell. Anyone comes up to me, makes me an offer on any of the other ones, I would sell it except the 2002. You shoot so, him. Well, get out. Get out of here. Leave. Walk away from the 2002. Leave it alone. So a, one second. Is is was George is is George into that business? Like, does he actually sell cars, or does he just have a beautiful large collection? He does. So George is a. It's an interesting story on him because George was, uh, I think it's Century BMW that's up there. It's one of the biggest uh, BMW dealers in South Carolina. He started working there, just like a, like a I think as a teenager, and he kept progressing until he actually was the manager. So the reason he has so many cars 
is because all the people that he used to sell them when they were brand new, when they were ready to sell them, they will call him and say, hey, you remember the car you sold me back in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s? Yeah. I have it. Do you want to sell it? And he just buys them. And I walked into only one of his um, storages. I think he has like three of them. And I think he told, last time we talked, he had like 150 classic BMWs. Wow. So he's guy needs so to. Would you say he has a larger collection than um, Enthusiast Auto Group? He is. He, he does. Now, yeah. EAG are, you know, top notch, fully restored, yeah, and they're, sure. they're ready to go. Um, George cars typically need some um, tender, uh, some tender loving care. So he tweaks, yeah. Yeah, he tweaks them and gets them ready to run, and then he sells them. So it's a really good option for someone that's looking for a car that they can work on. And do some light, some light work, but like for the 2002, I, I didn't do a lot. I just did aesthetics, bored a little bit, did wheels, interior. I, I did uh, Recaros from a 320i, just small tweaks to just make them mine, because I, I just can't leave my car stuck. And the car is a driver, and I've had that one for four years, and I'm telling you, it's it, it doesn't skip a beat. I'm just picturing nice. you with a giant smile on your face just every time you like get in and be like, yeah, yeah. my 2002, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's one of those cars that you can't stop smiling while you're driving it. And it's my, it's the slowest of all the cars that I have. And a lot of people ask me, how does it compare with the M2? Because the M2 comp is fully loaded. That thing is full bolt-ons, tune, it has crank up done. I mean, James, you know that the S55 is really capable. I, I think mine is pushing 534 and 595 torque. So it, it's a... Mm-hmm. It's at that it point where you you tweak it up a little bit more. It's not going to be be able to put it down. But I do track it and I take it. I was last week I was at Daytona uh, doing the Rolex 24 layout, and it's just it's a beast. It's so fun to drive. Yeah, but the, I think the beautiful thing, especially and car people understand this, is is uh, you don't need stupid power to extract maximum joy from your cars right it, it's, it's like flavors and tastes. So the 2002 will bring you joy and happiness in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you enjoy that car pushing it to the limit because it's like a, just a fun small car. It's it's uh, mine is a base model, uh, base VIN model, but at some point in its life it had a TII engine uh, drivetrain nice. swapped into it. So it's got the mechanical fuel injection, Kugel Fisher. I opened the tr- the hood on the on the shows and people are looking at it weird because they don't understand. They look for the carburetor, they don't find it. And then I start talking about the the Kugel Fisher pump and how it has like a PDF of 30 pages to set it up. It's a it's a really unique uh, setup on those cars. That's awesome. Cool. So, what else do you have in your collection? So, fast forward one year. Um, again, I'm, I'm three BMWs. I'm like, yeah, I have some old, some new. I'm good. I don't need anything else. So, quick recap. Uh, quick recap. You have uh, F87 M2. I have the F87 M2. 135. Competition. The 135 E82. And then 2002. And then I traded the F87 M2 for the M2 Comp. Okay. And then having the M2 Comp with the um, E82, I then got the 2002. So at this point, I have those three. Um, I think it was Oktoberfest the year after I got the the M2 and the 2002. Um, it was, yeah, O-Fest in South Carolina, 2019. I decided I'm going to go and see my friend George again. 
<laughs> just to say hi to our friend. I, I'm, I was lying to myself. Right. I just wanted to see what else he had. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I come over. I'm, I'm enjoying with the with the old fest activities. BMWCA did a, an amazing old fest that year, um, and I go to see George and talking with him. He says, "Come over. I'm, I'm going to show you something that you might know someone interested in." And I'm like, "Yeah." As soon as I saw it, I, it yeah, that's me. I'm interested in it. 1987. E30 325 IS, black on black, five speed. I think like only two or three owners previously. He has the window sticker on this car. It was like 28,000 brand new um, paperwork of all the maintenance. And I'm like looking at it. It's not perfect. It's original paint. So it has its swirls and it has its its details, but it's a survivor. And the thing was 100% stock. And I told him, are we doing a return business deal? You know, discount return buyer. He said, how much do you want to pay for it? And I said, I want to pay this. He said, it's yours. So that's how I ended up with my fourth BMW. At that point, I said, yeah, it's just, this turned into an issue here because I, 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 I don't have anywhere to fit them at that point. I'm, I keep on buying them. So that's how I ended up with the E30. And at that point, it was it was nice because... I was driving at least all of them one time a week, and you can't let the the antiques sit because they will go bad. And I made it a priority to make sure that I drove them at least once a week. I store most of them in my house, but my parents don't live too far from me, so I, I store one of the antiques at their house. It's another good excuse to go and see them at least once a week, go and trade the cars, basically make sure that I drive them and, and visit them. Yes. So I'm always bringing them out and driving them and and i could experience getting into like a 74 and then jump into an 87 and then in 2011 and 2019 so i can go through that transition of driving from the oldest to the newest and see how they change and i think on that write-up that horatio was talking about that's that's really important to me because i can go through that whole phase of seeing how they were you know crude no no nannies 100% 100% connected to the car, all the way to a, a brutal machine like the M2 that has almost 600 torque and it will just, you know, push you into the seat um, in a painful acceleration. But it's amazing to see and experience that transition. All of a sudden, I want to do a evolutionary video with you there as you transition era-specific. You're wearing era-specific clothing while you're driving each one, giving your thoughts and opinions. And we just kind of transition from the first to the last all of a sudden, I just... That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> I mean, Esteban did, uh, did propose to me to come down and uh, shoot the cars. I just never really well, had the time. But I guess it might make sense to go down once. I told him. I mean, come down. And uh, the idea is bringing them all out. I have. Uh, I did for BMWCCA. Same thing. I, had able, I was able to get five of the cars together because I added a fifth one that I haven't talked about. And um, BMWCCA wanted to do a spread. Uh, some of the their younger generation um, and and how you know that collection came together and I had um, uh, John come out um, and and yeah. take pictures of them uh, Jackie Jared did a really nice story piece on them on, the, on Beamer Life and I had all five of them lined up that was the first time I had ever had the five together um, I probably I would only do that again for someone special like you, Horatio, because mm-hmm. I I watched. We should video. I, I watched all Ooh. of them, 
in within two or three days and it was painful i had never washed all my cars at the same you know time and it was like after the second or third one i'm like oh my god this is a lot of work it's a workout you got but real buff it is and um but it was fun that's it, why i'm bringing james and nico and the entire team so we can wash cars no basically. i mean you're gonna have to bring them so we can get each one of them driving it to the locations that we're gonna do that would be yeah cool. we uh we were cooking yeah. something with uh with some special bmws uh, unfortunately because of my schedule hasn't really come to fruition but i guess this is a good idea this, is, this would be I a great sort of like thing it. that we can try and see how it goes i mean yeah, 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 it's so. it's more it's more baked than the start it, the, the plan is more baked than than horatio's actually letting on but it's it's good stuff <laughs> well you guys got my number so whenever you guys want to jump All on right, a plane and come visit me i'll receive you guys Sounds good. So what's the fifth car? So the fifth car, um, at that point, um, I always wanted also an E46 M3. And that's why yeah, I, I, ended up, ask, yeah. I ended up adding that one just a bit over a year ago. And that was an interesting story also because I had... What's, what's the spec first? What was that? Uh, what's the spec color um, interior? The one that no one wants. It's a, it's a TAG, so it's a titanium silver uh okay. dope car smg so this is the 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 most dreaded m3 and the m3 community because no one wants the, the black sheep of the family yes, yeah. no one wants a titanium silver car if it's dope interior they don't care about it if it's smg even worse at least it's not a vert it's a it's a coupe but to someone like me that hasn't had you know i haven't been for decades in the bmw um community I don't, I don't care like that. I don't look at them and say, you know, it's got to be this color. It's got to be a calm. No, because at the end of the day, they're not going to stay stuck because I just modify them all. Mm-hmm. So that was a interesting story. The other thing that has helped me keep on, on so so deep into the brand also is that I met really good people around. I mean, I, I met like I met you, Horatio, uh, through the through the internet. James, we've hit up through Instagram a bunch of times. But also locally, I have a couple of shops that work on BMWs that started as just a work relationship, and then we ended up being really good friends um, to the point that they they don't open weekends, but if they open weekends, they call me over so I can come and use one of their lifts. They have taught me how to work on some of my cars. I need to do something. They let me go and work on it and give me a hand. So that that also helps because then you you appreciate the brand even more. Uh, so I got two shops like that in Orlando. And one of them is the one that ended up with the M3. And um, he calls me and says, hey, I, I got a proposition for you. I said, what's going on? What's up? He says, I have an E46 M3 that I have a customer trying to sell to me. And it was because uh, the car needed some work done to it. And he was at that point, I think he has like maybe 12 cars. He has a bunch of BMW 2002. So that's how I know him, how I, I, I got introduced to him. And he's like, you know, I'm trying to unload some of the cars that I have. I'm not trying to buy anymore. But I know you've always wanted a BMW E46 M3. I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Keep going. What's the deal here? He says, it will need some work, and it needs this done and that done. And I said, look, if you can do whatever it needs, and you do the rod bearings, and you do the vanos, and you do all that for this price, I'll buy it. And he looks at me and says, I can do that price. But it's going to take like four months. And I said, do I look like I need a fifth car right now? <laughs> you take all the time you want. Did the deal. About four or five months later, he calls me and says, hey, the car's ready. I said, perfect. Let me go and get it. So I actually ended up driving my E30 down to Orlando, 
to swap cars with him because I wanted to do some work on the E30, and I ended up picking up the car. Um, had it for a bit over a year now, but that one also a, an amazing deal. I mean, it's just one of those one once in a lifetime kind of deal that you just can't say no to. So that's why I added that one and ended up selling my um, 135i because I just I couldn't handle you know so many cars. So at that point, I sold the 135 on Bring a Trailer and ended up with the E46 M3 basically as a daily. But that car. I've been tweaking it since the first day that I got it. So, I mean, the dope interior doesn't exist. It has a rear seat delete, has a Recaro pole positions in it, coilovers, headers. I threw on um, the Turner uh, intake, so it's got the CSL airbox. That nice. thing at 8,000 RPM is just screaming for nice. its life. It's got a super sprint exhaust, 18 by 10 setup of, of Apex wheels. So it's really nicely tweaked. It handles almost as well as the M2. It just doesn't have the power, but that's what I wanted. I wanted something fun, something that, you know, was historic also. The E46 M3, a lot of people say that it's the the, the best M3 that came out. The E30 M3 to me is a unicorn, but when it comes to performance and balance, I think the E46 M3 was really hitting the mark because that inline six high revving the balance that the car has the size is like kind of perfect and that's why i think it's one of the most that i've been enjoying lately and yesterday i was uh, with a couple of friends at their house we did the um porsche brake brake kit that they adapt to these cars on that it, it now it's just like it has everything everyone thinks that i'm prepping it for track and i'm like no i just want to have the car to be as fun or maybe more fun than the m2 comp so you know i use something daily that's also entertaining as the weekend car that I have. Do you bring them back to stock when you sell them or? So the 135, that's the problem because I keep on buying them. I don't, I haven't sold them. The only car that I actually <laughs> sold was the, the 135. The, 135. the, the M2, um, it was really loaded with dining parts, but the dealer um, typically also is, is good with dining parts. So I, I traded that one with all my dining goodies on it. And the 135, I was debating if bringing it back to stock. That car had a lot of work on it. It was full bolt-on, suspension, a bunch of things, but I, I thought it wouldn't sell on bring a trailer because typically you see a lot of cars there that are pretty much stock or stock, you know, yeah. OEM plus, but mine was pretty modded and I submitted it and they took, they took it in and they said, yeah, I think this is a good candidate for bring a trailer, which I, I just want to try out and see how, how it went. And it had a lot of good feedback on it. I mean, the the, the auction had a tons of, of of comments. I had like three potential buyers that said, you know, if, if the deal falls through with the first guy, call me because um, they liked it. It was it was nicely modded. It wasn't over the top. You know, it was um, it had a Dynan turbo on it, upgrade turbo. It had you know all the um, necessary hardware to support the added mods. It had an ESS tune. It had um, Connie yellows with uh, IBAC, so it was it was low but still comfortable. Um, again, it was a really nice tweak daily that was really fun, and I sold it like that. I said, you know, I'm a, I, I enjoyed it. Um, mods typically don't add value to the cars, but it's still. I think I sold it for like four or five grand more than what I bought it when I when I got it in in 2000 what was it 16 or 17 so it was still a good deal i enjoyed it for four years i put probably like 40,000 miles on it and 
I probably had close to 10, 12 grand into it, but at the same time, you know, I enjoyed it for four, four years. So I think I broke even pretty much to say so. And nice. it was well received. Very cool. That's awesome. So what, yeah, what would be your ideal, um, BMW garage? Let's just stick to BMW. Maybe. Uh, ideal garage. I think you would have to have something historic like the M1. You know, if, if, if money wasn't an issue, I would have uh, a, a big warehouse that would have at least a, an M1. Um, yeah. It would have to have a 1M because the E82 to me is a chassis that I loved it so much. That's why I got the 135i because I couldn't justify getting the 1M while having the M2. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to get the next closest best thing, which is the, the 135i. And I enjoyed, enjoyed that one a lot. So I would probably add a 1M to that. Uh, definitely a M3 CSL. I mean, that's I've only see I, I I haven't seen one in person yet. Um, the yeah. NWCCA Foundation has one in their um, Power of M display. I'm looking forward to heading up there and, and seeing that in person. I think that was a car that BMW just went you know bonkers. It was just above and beyond at that time having a car that you know that had that type of build at in those years it's just incredible so i think i would definitely have a, a, a e46 csl in there um i think that's uh, a, uh e30 m3 i mean i i would probably have to pick at least 10 but those are probably some of my my favorite ones that i would have to have a lot of people tell me that i need to experience the e90x v8 um i ha- had yeah. a couple friends that had them um drove some of them um, they sound amazing. It's just uh, another level of sound on those cars, but I haven't bought one. So a lot of people tell me that's the next one that you got to get into because you will probably enjoy it a lot. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I would have to have, like I said, the M1, a 1M, E30 M3, yeah. and probably an E46 CSL would be at least four four cars that I would have in a in a garage like that. For the people, for the people right, that so aren't watching, wanna... uh, when Esteban said 1M, Horatio's face just kind of lit up. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He knows he has a unicorn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about it like, in the past. I've always thought about, like, if I sell it, what would I replace it with? And there was really nothing out there that would say, yeah, this is a good replacement for it. I mean, I, I looked at other brands like Porsche, maybe the, the Cayman GT4. I always thought it's a fantastic car, and that would be a good replacement for the 1M. But um, it's probably a lot more expensive, too. But even then, I still don't think that even if somebody will propose an even trade i'm not sure if i would trade it in i mean it's so unique even yesterday when i was driving constantly people taking photos of their car from you know from the rear from the front thumbs up all the time um if i were to drive a seven series hundred sixty thousand dollar car not many people would give me the thumbs up probably but with that car it's something else you know um, but i definitely need to drive it more what would be one m car that you would like to own in the future so new ones like what's something that excites you so i mean there have only been a few i mean i can outline that for you so that way uh, make it a little bit easier but i think like the m8 i think it's a fantastic car to drive it's it's not a pure m but it's still a great car uh, m5cs honestly one of their best um, and recently starting to pick up a lot of press and attention i guess a uh, motor trend in a bunch of test drive then dr muro did an m5 cs and we've we've tested that car quite a few times and it's fantastic then i guess um g80 generation g82 m3 m4 and especially the m4 csl i took a ride in that cool 
in the M3 Touring or the next M2 G87? So it's uh, all the ones that you Did mentioned. I've 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 driven um, except the the G87, right? The uh, and the M5 CS I have not driven yet, but I have I've driven yeah. the M8 um, on the track, right? I've, I've pushed these cars around, yeah. and it's amazing the way that they perform regardless of their size. I mean, the M8 is a weapon. It's a it's a really pretty big car, but it doesn't feel the size. Huge. Yeah. Um, our car that I always drive, and I drive hard on the track, and then end up you know getting out of it and saying i need to get one of these is typically the m5 comp um i have not driven m2 uh, m5 uh, cs but i have driven m5 competition about two or three times um on track and it's a weapon it's a car that you point it and you just hit the gas and it will go there it, it just doesn't physically conform to the size that it is it just behaves like a small much smaller car and it's a weapon. It's a beautiful car. Um, so it's a car that again I always drive it, and then it's dangerous because then you get out of it and you say, yeah, I, I need to get one of those for myself. Um, I think M5 is a beautiful yeah. car also. So probably out of the newer lineup, it would be a car that I would probably get. But at that point, it's like you said, right? It's they're they're up there and they are kind of like in the same price range of like, of like a Porsche. So uh, diff different, totally different segments. Um, not a lot of four-door sedans that can perform the same way that that car does. So, I mean, the price yeah. is there, and, it, and I think it merits the price because it does, does have the performance. Um, I've driven the G80X also. A lot of people um, have a love-hate relationship with the front grille. Um, I got past it immediately because it's always when a new um, model like that comes out you have a lot of people that are in the camp of you know I love the previous model I don't want to see the change and others are like yeah the change is refreshing I wasn't looking at the model at that point from the outside I just knew the s55 was going to be a weapon um, it already had been launched on the x3m I had seen people modding it so it's a car that the engine has so much potential and we've seen it already a lot of people are modifying them and they're they're super fast so uh, I, I never had any anything against the model and the, the design and as soon as I got behind the wheel and I started driving one on the track same thing I'm like okay yeah this is forget about the grill this is it's a it's an experience to drive because same thing uh, point it hit the gas it will go there so um, I don't see myself probably jumping into a G80 um, or G82 because still they're they're too big for my taste I like small cars. I mean, every every car that I own right now, like like I, I went through them, they're all small. They're nimble. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't like really big cars. The M5 I would probably consider it, but um, the G87 does have me intrigued. I mean, I, I have not seen it other than all the spread that you guys have done. I've been following every story that you guys do because again, I'm one of the early adopters of the F87. So obviously the next generation, it's uh, even if I don't get one, it's going to be something that I'm going to look forward to because I want to see how that model evolves. Um, so it's, I'm really intrigued to see how that car is going to come out, um, see the potential that's going to have, because I think it's one of those cars that is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I just don't know if I would be ready to jump into one, honestly. So uh, on that topic, as I was just thinking about that as you were, as you were talking, um, what's your take on the um, um, M2 being an, a 
or having a version of a rear uh, with an X drive. Uh, and I'll tell you why I'm asking after you give me the answer. So I, I saw that um, information, you know, earlier this this week uh, going around. I don't, uh, I mean, I think it might lose the essence of what it is. It's a, you know, the M2 is probably one of the last cars that still has that true, you know, small, powerful rear-wheel drive car offered in a manual six-speed. And I think if you go to the all-wheel drive, it kind of loses that essence. Um, you can't pair the X-Drive with a manual transmission, which is a deterrent for me right off the bat. I, I love cars that I can still, you know, buy manual. Both of my M2s and the M2 Comp, I ordered uh, stick shift. I'm not trying to beat records on the track. I just want to have fun, enjoy, you know, driving them. So. Yeah, I think it would be performance-wise. I think again, it would be a weapon because you're basically putting the whole drivetrain of a G80X uh, M3, M4 into yeah. a smaller platform, and we know how that works. That recipe on the M2 is is amazing because it's the same M3, M4, about eight inches shorter. Same width, so it's a it's a car that the shorter uh, drivetrain length actually makes it behave so much differently, and it, it's much more engaging. So I think you would have that same experience with the F87 if they do the X-Drive. But at that point, I think it loses the essence of, uh, you know, true small sport car, rear-wheel drive, six-speed manual, which is what I like. I think a lot of people love about the original M2. Yeah, so let me tell you, let me give you a bit of a background story there. So the reason why I'm asking, so that document that came out, it, it is not something that, um, from what I know, uh, it, BMW doesn't have an M2X drive today, so from, from what I know. They're not planning on having one today. Uh, are they thinking about it? They, they're always thinking about different variants. And the reason why I'm saying that because I had an informal conversation with, uh, with BMW M recently. And uh, the topic only came up when I, when I said that uh, after we, we published the videos and the articles and all of that, We've seen a lot of feedback from people saying, "What? Well, how about an X-Drive? We need an X-Drive in, M in M2. And I told them that I was quite surprised because I've always thought that people wanted a fairly light car and, you know, rear wheel drive, a pure BMW M. And then, you know, uh, surprisingly, there were a lot of comments on social media, on our website, on YouTube also, saying that, you know, an X-Drive would be great. And then I did a couple of polls, I think, on social media, and most of the people answered that they would love an X-Drive. Uh, of course, you know, it's a small sample, maybe a few thousand people that reply to that. And probably some of them are probably from the U.S. So we love X-Drives here and especially in snowy areas and all of that. Um, but um, it's, a, it's an interesting one. And I'm sure that it, it got BMW thinking even more. I'm sure they were thinking before, you know, if they will do one in the future. And um, for now, I know that there is no such plan. Will that change? It's possible in the next few years. But this brings me to the to the actual uh, subject of this uh, is really that if they do make a, a special uh, G87 M2 CS, for example, or let's say CSL, I mean, maybe that that's a stretch, but uh, I do envision them doing a CS. I, I don't see them not doing a special edition on the last M2 of, of its kind. So if they do a CS, this car that I drove, the G87, and I'm, I'm sure James heard this before, but I've said it, it already starts as an M2 CS. So the performance, the driving capability, it's the same as the F87 M2 CS. It's already up there. So clearly, if you're going to do a, a new M2 CS, it's got to be over probably 500 horsepower, maybe like around that. So then clearly, you're getting into the X-Drive territory there where you need to put an auto on it. I mean, you could do manual, but ideally, you'll have an, probably an, an X-Drive then. And then... Um, 
basically that will be your special M2 that might be just a limited run and it's X drive. And like you said, you know, you're taking a drive train the components from the M3 and M4, so there shouldn't be a lot of development efforts. And I think it will sell. I mean, you don't have to sell a lot of numbers, but I think there will be a good amount of people that would love to own an M2 X drive. And um, one other uh, thing, you know, that somebody else said, um, I said, well, you know, yeah, but it's going to be like 200 pounds heavier, you know, maybe. And and he's like, yeah, but the car, it's already heavy. You don't feel it, yeah. It's already heavy. And with the power that they have, it's, you're not going to feel it. Exactly. So it's like, what's? it's still a very heavy car anyway. So might as well just yep. put an X-Drive on it and make it a year-round car for a lot of people and, and a lot of fun to drive. So I'm actually interested to see what BMW um and we'll do with this. Um. That's probably a lot of people that have been able to experience the G80X competition, right? This, this, like I said, it's a car that once I drove it, because the, the, all the G80X that I've driven have been the eight-speed automatic. It's, a, it's a, an amazing transmission. I mean, it's, it's amazing that it performs that well. It's not a DCT. They went away from the DCT. It's a full auto. And the, the car performs amazingly. And... It doesn't surprise me that people would be open to a G87 X-Drive because they probably have already experienced what a, a G80X um, M3 or M4 does, you know, in that trim. And they know that it's a really capable car. And like you said, I, I mean, I don't have to deal with uh, with winter here in Florida because I'm, I'm burning all year long and I don't need to deal with, with snow. But I'm pretty sure people that would be in, you know, in, in other states that do have to deal with that type of weather would like to have an all-year-round car that they can actually enjoy on the on the summer days and push on the on the track and maybe during the winter time be able to still you know drive it to work. So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that that you got that type of feedback because I think it's a it's a really good combination that they have in the G80X. Yeah, and I think for BMW, I mean, it's a safe bet. I mean, I, I can't speak for them because I don't know the the economics behind it and what it costs really to do a, you know a different variant. But I think. If if it's if it's coming down to the business case, are we gonna sell this? I I don't think they'll have a problem selling Absolutely. it, especially if you make a limited run like an, a CS, you know, and make it all the X drive, you know. So, um, but I have a feeling that, and I've said it before, you know, uh, this is the last time the BMW M can actually uh, build some interesting cars. That's why you're seeing the M3 Touring. That's why you're gonna see the M5 Touring, right? Which is and that was big news, and of course now they have the M2 that they can do a lot of stuff. It's really the last of its kind. So, I, it would it would absolutely make sense to do all the crazy cars they can on it because it's just never gonna happen yeah. again. And with that being said, you know, um, and I'm gonna let James ask you something about the M3CS next, but but I wanna, it, uh, it, it's a nice segue into your role as a BMW M, uh, you know, president of uh, CCA. How do you think you know the future will look like? So we're gonna have eventually. M electrified cars. I don't know if it's going to be hybrids first. Some of them might be. Some of them might go full M electric. But how do you think that's going to impact your community, your membership, your, uh, I would say, uh, uh, club, basically? Because right now, a lot of people in the club, they're still into the old school M cars and all of that. But I'm curious how that's going to impact the whole club. So it's um, it's a mixed bag. I think I, I even though I'm, I'm in the in this role, I wouldn't dare to speak for the entire um uh, M, Columbia. M chapter community. Um, from that perspective, because it is, uh, you have the old school guys that just want to, you know, the E30 M3 diehards. They don't want to yeah. do anything to, you know, with the newer M3 M4. They're like, yeah, it's too big, too bulky. 
But sure. then you also have the younger generation that they're not into the older cars anymore. They just want to have the newer, techy, powerful mm-hmm. G80X. So um, yeah. I think it's something that we can't get away from, right? The the future is going to bring the electric into it. Um, you already see the um, I-40. You, you drove that. I think it's a, it's an amazing car. I saw it. It, it looks beautiful. Um, they have the I-50, I think it is also. Um uh, M50i, M50 yeah, so M50, that yeah. that's also another car that um, I've seen pictures and videos of them, and it's an amazing looking car, and I've heard that it has a really uh, great performance, so I, I think it's going to be the future where they'll probably do a hybrid, and you'll see the performance, and again, the people that are probably against it will start seeing that it works well for the power uh, distribution and the, the power delivery. So I don't think it's going to be a, a really um, harsh transition because it's where every other brand is going also. I, I think you'll still have the the people that are going to be holding on to the older uh, cars like that. Um, myself, I think that's kind of where I fell into the role for the M Chapter pretty well because I'm, I'm not super young and I'm not super old. So I'm kind of right smack in the middle of the demographic and I... I have a passion for the older ones and for the newer ones, and I'm pretty open-minded. I'm not against, you know, someone telling me that they're going to go away from uh, a purely rear-wheel drive M2. I, I think it would work, you know, an X-Drive M2. Uh, people, a lot of people are probably not going to like the idea, but I think a lot of people are going to drive it and they're going to fall in love with it. So um, I think it's something that we can't get away from, and we see the regulations on on the emissions also coming hard and on the uh, on the European side, it's going to trickle into the United States eventually. So we, we it's something that we can't fight. Um, how far out it is, I have no idea. But I think the future, as long as they balance it well, it doesn't matter if it's electric, uh, if it's full electric, if it's hybrid, as long as it has the same balance the same behavior that these cars have where you can get into them and push them to the limit and they drive you know like a sports car but then you look back and you have a back seat and you have maybe even two extra doors that's what's going to get the people hooked on them right because it's being able to have a car that you can fill with people and go and cruise out to go have dinner and then the the weekend after you can be on the track you know pushing it to its limits and being you know out there competitive and I think that's something that BMW is never going to lose because they they have a lot of people on, on online that are hating all the new designs. But as soon as you get behind the wheel and you drive on the track, you forget about how it looks because it, the performance just blows you away. And I think that's something that as long as they keep true to that, um, it doesn't matter where the brand goes, they're going to still have the following. Gotcha. Interesting point of view. I will see... Um We'll see when the first full up M electric car. I mean, the i4 M50, it's really just a stepping down enhanced i4. It's not a yeah, pure M project, but I think um, the next generation, you know, M3 and 4 might be the first one. We'll see um, that gets the full electrified or, yeah, interesting times. Definitely. And so, James, let me ask you a question. Yeah, so go the, ahead, the other, I forgot to tell you the, the other car that I've been drooling about really is the M3 Touring. I mean, this, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't thought about bringing it to the United States. Um, I did talk to a couple of people from BMW and A, and I said, you can't say that there's not a case of selling because Audi has the RS6 um, and it sells. It's a hefty price tag, and 
I think you put an M3 touring on, on our end and it will sell. I think people will buy it. Yeah, I think it was a combination of timing, maybe some politics there, maybe the idea also that um, the, M the M5 touring might sell better because we used to larger mm. cars, so might have a higher uh, rate of success. Some of those projects are sometimes, you know, stuck between leaderships too, so who knows, you know, um, how the ideas flow from one to another and who thinks the business case is better. I'm not sure, but I guess the official official story is that the 3 Series Touring or Wagon was not homologated for the U.S. market, and then in order to, with the MT Touring, have to homologate that when the M5 Touring and, you know, the base 5 Series Touring, it's homologated probably, so that's why it's easier. I'm not sure, but that's the official story. Um, who knows? I mean, I... It is what it is at, at this point. That it, it's not coming for sure. People are still hoping with uh, you know petitions and all of that. And, uh, and it's you can still buy it. I mean, honestly, I know someone that wants to go and buy it in Europe, basically, and just keep yeah. it there. I mean, he travels to Europe, you know, a couple of times a year or more, and he said, you know, I don't mind buying the car and keeping it there. Um, I just found out that you can actually uh, uh, put the car inside. They have this uh, hotel called called Motor World. It's it's a hotel slash, I don't even know how to describe it. it it's hard to describe. They have, a, they have one in Munich and there's some other locations too where you can basically, you can also basically park your car inside a room. So you have like a, like a glass separator from your room and you can put the car right next to your That's bed cool. basically. And apparently you can, you can um, someone was telling me that you can put any car in there in any room and it's only like 200 euros a month to really store the car there. And I'm like, that can't be true. I'm like 200 euros a month to just store the car <laughs> in a safe yeah. place. It's kind of cheap, you know, like it can't be that cheap, but apparently that's a price. I don't know. I have to really have to look, look into it, it. Yeah. but that's a, yeah, that's an interesting idea. You know, you can still buy the car there basically and just keep, keep it, it there. there. And then yeah, I've always wanted, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, because I was into the one series, I always wanted the, uh 135 wagon that they sold in europe i think that would have been also um did they sell a 135 they wagon? had the or the the, the hatchback. hatchback yeah five door the hatchback yeah the yeah. five door yeah they have a better one they have an m140i yeah. which is better than the so so when when that's the one that you when want they came out with the 135 it was also the n55 and i was like yeah that looks nice they should bring it over yeah they come out with a 140, an M140, and I think yeah. I had the B58 in it. I'm like, that would have been a hit over here because, again, you have a, a small hatchback, yeah. powerful. You can, you know, store all the stuff in the back. They look cool. Um, there's a couple people mm -hmm. that have converted them to have the M2 comp front. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some um, online. I haven't seen enough. Yeah, there's about yeah. three of them already that they have uh b58 in them 140 converted and the front end has the m2 comp front nice. and it looks good it's like a shooting star yeah. uh, uh m2 nice. so um it's a, if, if i drove that yeah, car if, yeah. if, an m, if a car shoe would have come out brand new that probably would have looked like that but yeah it's something that i, I think uh, bmw probably would have made a, a good you know sales case to bring some of those uh, hot hot hatches over here and 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 done some damage on the market over here because a lot of people probably would have bought them yeah i mean i guess i don't recall what the market was i mean i dropped that car um from munich to geneva for the auto show years back maybe at least 10 years and um i recall putting in the request for a press car and when i told them that i wanted one series hatch and the one m1 for it they're like really do you want that car to drive all the way to geneva i'm like yeah that's yeah. exactly the one that i want they're like you don't want a seven series or a five series like no no no, no, no. i just want the m140i 
Yeah, so, um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't recall what the market looked like back then. If there was a, if the market for hot hatches in the U.S. is probably as popular as it is today with some of the you know uh, Asian brands that brought us some really nice cars. So I just don't recall the landscape back then. But I guess everybody was all in on on SUVs and different variants of SUVs back then, and they were exploring all the crossover, you know, in every single segment. But um, I guess what's what's the is it 15 years or 25 years now to um, federalize the car? I understand it's here? been 25. I don't know if they've changed it. 25. Okay, so still a, still a ways to go on the one series yep. then. Um, but eventually. There's actually a black market one in Florida. Yes, oh, really? There's one that we've seen around. Oh. I think it's stored somewhere. I mean, I think it's illegal that you can. It's like the some of the GTRs that you see them rolling around. But in Florida, yeah. I, I was sharing the other uh, about two hours ago. I saw someone tag me on a a video of a f1 formula driving on the road i saw and that, i'm yeah. like yeah that's mm-hmm. probably legal here in florida because you see some cars on the street that you shouldn't see them so <laughs> when in florida oh yeah yeah absolutely so james let me ask you a question too because you've been really i have quiet been what's up there. um so you mentioned earlier the g80 m3 cs would you would you trade in your F80 for the uh, new I, one for I was literally asked this question less than 24 hours ago at the last Cars and Coffee oh, yeah. that I was at. <laughs> Great yep, minds yep, think yep. Uh, Tough question. Honestly, uh, I'm on the fence. I, I'm, I'm content and happy with the F80 M3 CS. Um, it's got everything I need. Uh, I know that there's a few things that I would lose if I were to transition over to the G80 CS. Uh, I'm a romantic. I'm a sucker for analog gauges. I like this hybrid sort of cluster that's going on. You got a little bit of a screen, but you still have the old school analog, um, you know, speedo and, and rev counter. Uh, I do like the DCT a lot. Um, I was full hardcore manual transmission only. Uh, that wasn't an option in the F80 M3 CS. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll take, I'll take the hit. It is a CS after all. It was a great deal. And then I kind of fell in love with the DCT. Not to say that I'm still not a massive manual uh, fan. Uh, and if given the choice, I would pick a manual transmission still. But I don't know. I can't answer that question right now, H. I really can't. Um, I need to see. I need to feel. Like if it's got like a specialty hook. Like if they offer it in that frozen green, like the M5 CS, and given that my license plate is M Chief, like uh, that would be like a a... It would pull at my heartstrings. Uh, also, total cost probably also has a lot to do with it. Yes, the F80CS is retaining its value better than the other uh, cars in in that in that family, the comp and the base. But at the same time, like I'm content, I'm happy. It's a beautiful color, great uh, combo inside with the Silverstone and black uh, Alcantara. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's dangerous. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Esteban, did you drive the uh, M3CS or the M4CS? I would definitely would like to do that. I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah. they're special cars. I mean, they always go above and beyond and, and make them feel special. I mean, James Carr has seen it all over Instagram. We follow each other. And his car is a beautiful combination. So I understand why he has a really hard time making that decision because he's got a, a beautifully spec one uh dct I'm, I'm i'm all about that also because i am a diehard you know 
manual car car guy but my 135 was a dct and that thing tuned it's like it never skips a beat it's always perfectly in boost you have nothing to do just to hammer the foot down and it will shift perfectly every time so i i hear him on the dct um so i i see why he has the difficulty answering that question because i know it's not it's not it's now not if easy. i i think if you drive the car you might buy it actually because when I drove the M3CS and M4CS, I remember on track for the first time, I said this, that's exactly what I said in my, in my opening uh, paragraph. I said, you know, this is what the F80, F82 M3 should have been, you know, from the, from the beginning. It's, it's really a step up from the base car. Even comparing to the competition models, it was still a significant uh, improvement. And it wasn't really, I mean, we've talked about it with James also, it's not even mechanical, really just the softer tune-up that they've done and the small refinements, it was a huge jump. And honestly, that's the only car on that generation that I would own if it would be uh, it would be an F882, it would be the, uh, the CS models, nothing else. I mean, that's the only one that I feel like it's truly special. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't do so it. Don't, don't drive it because you might buy don't it. don't reach out to George either because maybe he has one. Or who knows? Just don't, don't do it. Oh, yeah. I stopped having George on speed dial. <laughs> it was just dangerous. It's it's a practical car too. I mean, you get the M3CS. It's it's really it drives really nice. Uh, it's unique. There are not too many. Also, uh, I mean, honestly, with your garage, I, I feel like that would be the one that shouldn't be um, missing. Honestly, the probably E90. even yeah. more than E92. As much as I love the E92, yeah, I feel like the M3CS and M4CS, that particular generation, it's really one of its kind. I mean, there was nothing else like it, and it's not going to be anything like it. I mean, the new one, it's going to be probably faster and better, but not. I'm not sure it's going to be as much fun to drive as that yeah. one. Yeah, and the local deal had a black on black with the darker uh, 763 wheels, and the thing looked amazing, black dark, like that I'm blacked sure. out. Um, it's just... Yeah, black on black in uh, uh, Florida, that's going to be fun <laughs> with oh, that yeah. sun. Um, that's how the E30 is, and um, you definitely need tents down here. But uh, they're, they're nice. It's just, again, like I said, the size with the cars... Um, I'm a sucker for small coupe, so um, it would be hard for me to get into a, a bigger car like that. Um, the M4 CS is still a pretty big car. I have a friend that has one, and it was lined up to my M2 last week at Daytona, and you see the, the size difference still. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way with you. And again, I've said it before, and people have probably heard me saying this many times, but same thing. I'm a, I'm a small M you know, a car guy also, I've always liked the M2 because of that, especially the 1M, even the 135i and 135is. That's why I also like the Z4 M40i, which I feel like it's almost an M car. It's really that good. So I'm kind of the same ways. And, and I was talking to someone also at M and I said, you know, if I'm going to buy another M car, it's going to be something special like an M2 CS, M2 CSL. And that's one that I'm holding for, you know, and um, I know the designer that did a new M2 and, you know, uh, uh, it's going to be a great car and all of that, but I want something more special. So to me, if I were ever to get one, it will be the... Um, so I'll, I'll jump CS on the small CS car bandwagon too. too, because like I feel like the F80 platform is the right size for me. I think the G8X is bigger, of course, because it is. Um, I've driven yeah, yeah. the M5, the M5 Comp. Uh, I haven't driven the M5 CS yet, uh, but they do feel too big for me. Uh, and I'd be more inclined to look at uh, the G87 CS, actually, or CSL if they make one, uh, even though I'm a big fan of, of four doors. It's part of the allure, part of the like magic that gets me excited to be able to say, you know, yeah, I, could, I can 
like Esteban, to your point, I can fit people in the back if I wanted to. There's space. It's got an actual full-size trunk. Uh, it sounds great. It looks great, in my opinion. Uh, and it goes fast, and it's loud when you want it to be. Um, so I, I, I would say I would probably be more enticed by the G87 CS than the, than the G80. Um, just because again, the G87 CS would kind of retain, if not be slightly smaller than the F80. Uh, cause that's like, that's, that's sort of the, the transitional thing over time. Like the three series was the smallest and then it wasn't. And then we, we got, you know the one series which kind of like evolved into what used to be considered like that old school hardcore e30 vibe you know that feel i talked about this in my review of the cs like bmw in my opinion did not do a fantastic job of marketing or educating the public on what the goal what the what the thinking what the reasoning behind the cs line is as a product in their portfolio um, like the m3 and the m4 cs came out and they did some marketing but there was very little information on what is different. What do you get for the CS badge? Um, and, I, and I think that's why the first generation of CS cars, um, the M3 and the M4, were we, they did not sell well. Um, that's why I got a great deal on mine. It was at the at the tail end of when they were still available. And then when the M2 CS came out, like people were now educated. They knew what the CS was. They're like, it's a tiny car with a powerful engine. Let's go. So. To backtrack, I drove a base F87. It wasn't a comp. It was definitely not a CS, um, which is why I felt like it was underpowered. But uh, by the time the M5 CS came yeah. out, like people now have had basically three, let's say, cars, M3, M4, and M2 CS. Um, and now everybody knows what they are, uh, which, which again, I guess for the yeah. first early adopters of the CS uh, for the M3 and M4, that was a good thing. Uh, confusing that the M2 CSs that you saw on those lots were still there. Well, I think it was it's based on me being around the F87 platform for so long. A lot of people didn't see the benefit between a jump from a comp and the, and to the, a CS. The price jump have, is huge. It, it was a lot. So it wasn't... Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you start looking at it from the perspective of the jump from the N55 M2 to an M2 comp, it, it basically made sense. The price jump wasn't that much. I think I, I, I had paid like 54 MSRP for my M2. Uh, it was like 61 for the M2 comp, but then you get the seats, you get the brakes, you get the S55. Mm -hmm. At that point, you know, people don't see the extra CS, you know, badge to be that much of a, of a you know, justified by the jump of price. But again, if it's someone that's looking to have a collectible car that's gonna pretty much keep it stock, it is an amazing car. The M2 CS, it's gonna go down in history. I see that car being, you know, like an E30 M3 in the future. People that keep them and they're relatively stock, it's gonna be one of those future cars that it's, it's automatically a future classic just because of the, the Just special, the scarcity um, and the rarity, right? Badge yeah. and Exactly, and then the combination, right? So it's one of the most beautiful uh, BMWs of the newer generation, and the options of the roof, like it did, like they did, and the carbon parts. I think it makes it really, really special. Um, I was actually trying to get one because when they announced the M2CS, I thought they were gonna do a last, you know, parting out F87 with an S58. So I thought it was gonna get the S58 in it, and I said, if it does, I'm all over this car. 
but when they did announce that it was still S55, I already was so into tuning mine that I said, yeah, that's not. At that point, I already yeah. have mine tweaked to the point that it's it, it will just you know overrun a, an M2 CS on the track. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll keep mine. Cool. All right, guys. So that brings us to I'm the end. Probably, I think we've been uh, rambling and talking for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, it's it, a... to me, it was, felt like half an hour. So I, I can talk. I can talk I cars know, all day long. Great conversation. So. I'll make sure to drop your um, Instagram also link. I mean, both of you, but I'll ask the one too in the description so people can follow both of your uh, BMW awesome, journeys. I'm sure we'll run into each other very yeah, soon but, uh, again. It's always good to see you. I sure it's James. It was you great too. to, to uh, you know spend Likewise. some time with you. We've, we've talked a bunch of times on online but never had been this like, is on a true. Call like this and i appreciate you guys yeah i appreciate both of your friendships i uh, being in the bmw brand Same. to me it's been it's good with the cars but it's the people that you meet through it and and i mean yeah. i'm sure I, I appreciate you a lot you know i we went through internet Same and, and made a friendship out of it so um exactly i appreciate you so it's all about that's what cars exactly. do yeah and, and there, I, together honestly right now, so. still to this day there's no stronger more bonded community um more more passion driven community than the bmw community so it's been a fantastic fantastic journey so far and i'm just happy to be here with you guys agreed all right guys well if you're listening uh or watching you know please don't forget to subscribe to our channel uh, we're on also all the podcast platforms. You'll find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and so on and so forth. And, of course, on our YouTube channel. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.